everyone, and welcome to Televisions, the podcast, an audio companion to the Televisions website and a show made by Anglophiles for Anglophiles. I am Lacey Bogger-Milas, and I'm the editor here at Televisions. And joining me as per usual is my co-host and associate editor, Miss Annie Bundle. Hello. Hello. How are you today? I am so excited <laughs> because we have um, a special treat on the pod today. And I'm, I'm, I mean, y'all already know that we are, we are some serious Doctor Who stands. So when I tell you that the, the thing that we're going to do in a second is talk to Pearl Mackey, um, I'm a little over the boat about it. She has a brand new crime drama on BritBox called The Long Call. And she is going to tell us about that. She's going to tell us about her role in Masterpiece's upcoming adaptation of Tom Jones, which, I mean, I love her enough that I'm excited for the show, even though I really don't like the book, Tom Jones. <laughs> and uh, maybe get into a little bit of Doctor Who stuff, too. Who knows? Pearl Mackey, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. Ah, sorry, I'm just so excited. <laughs> so, um... I am, uh, so I don't know if you've listened to the pod, but I'm sort of the mystery buff of our of our pair. And The Long Call is totally like my wheelhouse, and I freaking love this show. Um, I, I'd love you to, like, basically tell our listeners a little bit about the show, though, and your role. Yes, um, I would love to. Firstly, thank you very much. Glad you like the show. Um, so The Long Call is about, uh, essentially focuses around uh, a detective, uh, D.I. Matthew Ben, played by the lovely Ben Aldridge, um, who uh, has recently moved back to North Devon, um, back to a community that has uh, ostracized him as a young man for his sexuality. Um, and when we meet him, he's um, he's he's moved home to sort of spend some uh, his father's last days with him. And through the lens of this uh, quite complicated murder, he um, has to sort of revisit this community um, and, you know, kind of comes face to face with some of his, with his past, really. And, you know, has to deal with a lot of his past trauma um, to, yeah, in order to kind of solve this murder. Um, and I play uh, DS Jen Rafferty, who is Matthew's partner, though they haven't ever worked together before. So at first you kind of, um, I mean, there's sort of parts of them that rub each other up the wrong way. Uh, not to give too much away, but yeah, I think their, their personalities are, are quite different. Um, when we meet Jen, she's, she's also just moved uh, to North Devon, just relocated, um, having escaped quite a, an abusive, not quite an abusive relationship, an abusive relationship with the father of her two teenage children. Um, so she's moved to North Devon to kind of give them a, a better life, really, um, and to give herself a better life. Um, so, you know, she's kind of, we see her, she's sort of a new, newly single mom, and she's kind of trying to navigate the work-life balance um which is obviously quite difficult when there's suddenly a murder to solve um (laughs) yeah right um yeah and you sort of i think from through her experiences i think it's made her quite sort of frank and quite forthright um 
And I think Matthew has kind of dealt with his trauma in in a really different way. I think in in having to sort of hide his sexuality for years and years. And then, you know, when he finally revealed it to his community, being completely shunned by them, I think that sort of made him repress a lot of his feelings and his issues. So on the, you know, so they're kind of, they do kind of contrast each other quite a mm-hmm. lot. Then, I, I will say that of the two of us, I'm usually the one that's not as much into mystery stuff, but I also really like the show because it doesn't, for me, feel so much like, yes, it's the guy is murdered and we have to figure out why the guy is murdered, but there's so much other stuff happening around. There's so much like great character stuff happening around this. So that's the part of it that really, you know, spoke to me. How do you feel like... What do you think sets this show apart from, I feel like every channel has like 15 mystery shows right now. It's like a vicar <laughs> solving crimes. Yeah. Well, actually, yeah, I think that was, that was one of the key things that drew me to, to the, um, to the show. Uh, I think it is, it is really character led, you know, it is, it shows, um, you know, the, these, these two kind of main detectives, it shows them in a, a really kind of human light, mm-hmm. you know, it shows a lot of their life and their, you know, their issues, their flaws, their kind of, you know, all of their kind of part, their scars. It's sort of mm-hmm. like there was a point it's somewhere towards the end of the third episode. I was like, well, this is all very interesting, but I kind of am not I don't care that much about who did the murdering. I want to lo- I want to know like more about the people and yeah. all of their intricacies. Yeah, I mean, there are a lot. There are a lot of really interesting characters in in the long haul, um, which I think is great. I think is you know a testament to Anne Cleves's book, and is also you know testament to Kelly's writing, um, uh, to Kelly's screenwriting. But yeah, the characters all feel really kind of fleshed out, and they all have their own purpose and their own kind of reality, as well as you know being involved potentially in this murder. Yeah. Um, one of the things about this, because I, I am the one who watches all of these murder mysteries, is that, that she does. I, I, I got 10 <laughs> minutes into the first episode and I said, holy crap, I don't think I've actually ever watched a mystery where the lead is gay. I don't oh, think I've ever uh, seen that. Right. And the way that this show just like totally embraces like queerness is just it's so it's so refreshing. Like it's so refreshing. And I, I, it shouldn't be a big deal. Like, it shouldn't. But it, it shouldn't, it, but it is. But it is. You know, uh, I, I know you, you've come out as bisexual. Um, how, how do you feel about being part of this and, and kind of being part of this, like, change in the industry that's sort of happening? Yeah, I mean, for me, no, I think, you you know, you're totally right. I think it is, it shouldn't be a big deal. But mm-hmm. actually thinking about it, you know, when, when, we were, when we were thinking about it, we were like, oh, I don't, I don't think I've ever seen a detective drama, a mystery show where the lead is, is gay. Yeah, like Vandervalk has a, a lesbian as the sort of the, the secondary, as the DS, but they, they also don't ever like show her life. Like they don't actually like, like she has kind of a girlfriend off to the side, but we don't really talk about it. Right. Right. And it's like, no. And it's like, this is like, you know, they are, you know, Matthew and Jonathan are like happily married. You know, they are together. They are not, it's not like, it's not even, you know, showing the sort of archaic stereotype of a gay man who just sleeps with lots of other gay men. He's like, no, mm-hmm. they, they are in a relationship and they are happy and Functional. It's the first scene. It's exactly, exactly. You know, it's the first scene, and like you know, it's yeah. I mean, I for me, it was that was hugely important. Like, I think 
you know, as a queer person, uh, re representation is is key, you know, and and I think it's 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 really important that that characters are shown in in a variety of ways, you know, in a ways in in ways that aren't stereotyped, in ways that aren't like just sort of a kind of yeah like a little snapshot of a like oh hello we've ticked a box because she's a lesbian it's like no come on let's let's see some reality let's see some home life let's see the ins and outs of it let's see you know like with with Matthew you see you know you see his his past trauma but you also see that he has got over that to a certain extent to be with Jonathan and Jonathan has helped him through that and that they are together facing this as he as it brings up all of his actual past stuff that he really does need to get out but I mean, you know, I, I feel like we need, well, we obviously need more of this, but it's, um, yeah, I mean, it was a great, you know, when I was first reading the script, I was like, oh, this is sick. Like, I'm, I'm into this. This is exactly the kind of project that I want to be part of. You know, I mean, obviously, even like, you know, Jen is, Jen is obviously, well, not obviously straight, but is, is, has been with a man before. Um, but, you know, it's that I was like, this it's a queer story that we're telling and mm -hmm. for me that was really important oh that just made me say i love that i because i think the thing that impressed me the most about it is how it's not treated as like a i don't know do they still even still make like after school special <laughs> yes they do <laughs> like it does it like it's not like this is a lesson for everyone watching it's like this is just like life yeah Totally. It's just like, well, this is just, this is it then. This is just life. This is, this is how some gay couples exist. And it's not trying to say that this is how everyone lives, but you know, it's a, it's like, Hey, this is an example and it's human. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And everyone is so relatable. Like Jen is really relatable as, as someone who has had a bad marriage and had to get out of it. Like I found her seriously relatable. Um, yeah. And, and, and yet, you know, she's also not like your typical, like, you know, DS person who's sort of off to the side and doesn't get as much of their life as much as the lead does. Like your, you know, Jen's life is also really important as part of the story. Um, and the fact that she sort of doesn't understand Matthew's people and is sort of like, we, we can go in and we can get them. And he's like, no, 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 Like, I, I love that. Um, what did you connect to most with the character? Do you know what? I think um, I really, I do really like like her frankness and the fact she's she's just quite to the point. There's no like faffing around with Jen. Do you know what I mean? She's just kind of straight up and she just says it how it is. I think she's just like I don't I don't have time for this kind of skirting around the truth issue. You know, especially when it comes to like her work and. Um, and I think, you know, especially one of the things I really love about her is that she she really wants to protect people, mm -hmm. um, particularly women who are potentially in danger um, or being treated badly or, you know, in abusive situations because she knows what it's like. Do you know what I mean? She's been there. She's like, I this was really, really bad. And I don't want and I don't want this to happen to anyone else. And there's an urgency behind that protection that can sometimes come across as like frustrated or you know a bit too too direct one well, maybe not too direct I don't think too direct but I, I really love that about her you know I think she's just like no this is happening now and there's no point like faffing around trying to 
wonder if it's maybe oh should we maybe go in and do this it's like no let's do this now because if it is happening then we need to stop it happening right now before or before it happens to other people you know and I think I think in a way I don't know if that's like I don't think I necessarily connected to that in a that's who I am kind of way I feel like that would be hugely bringing myself up if I did I'd be like I'm a protector that's what I do um, <laughs> but I think I really liked that about her and I was like no this is this is this is a great thing it's a really strong character trait and I was like I like I like her and I like that so yeah I, I feel that. like I feel like she's somebody that I would want to be like friends with which yeah is, I feel like which- that you know, it's kind of a dumb way to judge characters, but I'm like, I, that's to me like how it feels like, you know, I like, that's like a rounded person. I feel like that's a great way to judge characters. I think I, I do that quite a lot. I feel like when I'm reading a script, I'm like, either like, I'm like, oh, I know this person, which mm-hmm. is a great thing anyway, because you know, that means that the, the way that the character has been written is human and real. Um, but yeah, I feel like, I feel like I'd, like to, I'd like to have a cup. I'd like to have a pint with Jen, actually. Do you know what I mean? I feel like that's a really good way of judging people. It's like I'm not judging, <laughs> judging characters <laughs> and people. To be fair, um, one of the other things when we were trying when we were trying to come up with what we were going to talk about with you, Annie and I both mentioned is that we love the way that the show uh, really kind of confronts misogyny in the workspace in a way that in a way that again feels really realistic and not like uh, I mean we all loved prime suspect back in the day like yeah dame helen, dame helen mirren forever but that was very much like look at her suffering under you know this male patriarchal workspace and isn't that shocking and we're like not really yeah yeah so like everyone's <laughs> like no it's not shocking it's this is there is reality mm-hmm. <laughs> reflection like, can, of many you, many women's experience currently yeah right like could you talk a little bit about you know how you feel the show handles this issue sort of as a whole um, I think, I think it's really interesting. Actually, I think um, the well, the J- Jen and Ross's relationship, um, mm-hmm. I think, is is really is really interesting. Um, and you know, the kind of the constant sort of undermining of Jen, uh, and just kind of undermining her work and undermining her, you know, kind of taking just sort of like ridiculing her for being a person and for her activities and her choices and just it's basically it is yeah it's complete misogyny and it's basically just saying that uh, you aren't allowed as many freedoms as I am because I'm a man and that's how it works and if I want to take the piss out of you I totally can and I really love um you know that the first time that Matthew overhears it he's like absolutely not this is not how we talk to people no i'm sorry um and i you know when i first read that i was like oh okay cool this is how to be an ally everyone right (laughs) exactly (laughs) i was like oh we like this this is good this is good you know and i was like it's also not because like it's not that like they're really close friends so he's like i'm defending my friend he's like they don't even really you know they're not super tight at the time it's just like, he's like, that is completely un- an unacceptable way to talk to anyone, especially a woman, especially your superior. So do not do that again. Um, and I was a little bit like when I was first, you know, obviously reading the script, I was going through um, in order, as you do. Um, and I was like, oh, why isn't Jen saying anything? That's not, oh, okay, interesting. And then, you know, it progresses. 
And then when she does finally turn around and call him out, I was like, this is brilliant. And it's like, and I was also like, actually, to be fair, if it was sort of the first time it happened, then perhaps that would be quite unrealistic. Because, you know, Jen's confident and she is, as we said, as I've said before, you know, quite forthright. But also she has a history of, uh, you know, she is a survivor of an abusive relationship with, you know, and it's like, that's definitely something that could hark back to sort of undermining her. Um, and yeah, and I was like, I just don't, I don't necessarily think it would be realistic if she was immediately like, hey, this isn't cool. You know, but I think actually after a little while, I really enjoy that she does go, no, actually, no, I am strong enough to handle this and this is not okay. Um, yeah. So, I mean, like, yeah, I thought that was, I thought it was all pretty strong, to be honest. So, um, I, oh, I've been looking to see if the long call was renewed for season two and it, it hasn't been. But if it is, would you be up for another round? Oh, yeah, I'd love to. I, it was great. Yeah, I saw ITV like the the ratings were really good, so I'm I'm really hoping they come back with another one. But you would totally be down. I mean, like, yeah, but I mean, you know, the way that TV works at the moment, like, no one watches it. Well, not everyone watches it live. You know, what I mean, some people right. do, but you know, people have. That's just the way that we interact with TV at the moment. You know, so there's so I think people are waiting to hear about other ratings, waiting to hear about BritBox ratings and and that kind of thing, you know. So we're just sort of, I think, just just waiting to see. But yeah, I mean, I think there's loads more to be explored. Um, for Jen, for Matthew, I think there's there's so there's so much more that that could be that could be delved into. Um, so yeah, and I mean, I had I had an amazing time filming it. Like it was such fun. Like genuinely had so much fun on set and had a great time you know Ben Aldridge and I are actually really good friends now because of the time that we spent together you know as queer people discussing our lives and experiences and you know and Lee the director who would hopefully do a second series too if we did it um was amazing you know so I just yeah we just well, I had an amazing time so yeah I'd love to do I'd love to do more I mean, I feel like Anne Cleves is, uh, or rather, series based series based on Anne Cleves' uh, books are quite popular everywhere. Since... I feel like, yeah, this is the, this is the history of them doing well. Yeah, <laughs> just, a, just a little. Um, I feel like that. Like, I don't know. I don't know if we told you this before we started recording, but our podcast is actually connected to a PBS station here in the states. We are a product of WETA, as I say at the end of the show every week. And Vera is Vera is one of like our most popular shows that we have oh no way okay it's, cool yeah, yeah it's, it's super it's so popular in the uk as well like everyone loves it's it it's on like season 12 or something now i'm like all right brenda bluffing get your money girl yes, <laughs> but that that is my awkward segue to be like we are a pbs station so here's the part where i transition to asking you about tom jones uh, hey very good i <laughs> was yeah smooth. i like i like that actually strong work strong work um so, Tom Jones. Yeah, can you tell us? What, I, I, I'm sure that you can't reveal spoilers, but what can you tell us about it? Yeah, they literally just dropped like the first photo of it. Yeah, from it yesterday, and we were like, "This timing is amazing!" Oh my gosh, <laughs> yes, I heard that they were doing that yesterday. I was like, "Oh, okay, that's cool." Um, yeah, so we are. I'm in Belfast currently shooting Tom Jones. This is why I'm in this horrendous room. 
This is my house. I'm literally sitting on my floor right now. So you are beating me. <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, in Belfast, we are we're midway through the shoot. Um, it's kind of a reimagining of Tom Jones. Um, and it's going really well. We've got a female director who's excellent, uh, Georgia Paris. We love her. Um, what else can I tell you that doesn't give stuff away? I'm in it. <laughs> um, <laughs> and you are playing um, Honor, I think? Honor, yes. Uh, who is a maid um, to Sophia, who is um, the main love interest in Tom Jones. Um, who is played by a lovely mixed-race actress called Sophie Wilde. Um, and, yeah, one of my one of my favourite things about it is that it kind of, you know, it's a period drama with black people in it, which is excellent, but also kind of addresses the reality of them being in it rather than just sort of skirting around the sides of the fact that they are black. That, that was actually the thing that I really, really wanted to ask you about, because, you know, Bridgerton being such a big hit and, you know, Sanditon is coming back and, you know, it's been driving this, you know, very necessary conversation about diversity in period pieces and our and our assumption of who gets to be in these stories. Um, yeah. And 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 how, how do you see this sort of sea change playing out from the actor side of things? Well, I mean. You know, this is uh, something that Sophie and I have actually talked about as well because we've both been like, I mean, I know, I, I love period dramas. Yeah, I mean, like you know, Pride and Prejudice, the you know, Colin Firth and um, why can't I remember Jennifer Ely? I mean, literally, I will if that's on TV, I'll just be like, cool. Well, that's my day then. Done. Thank, thank you for choosing the superior Mr. Darcy, in my opinion. <laughs> Colin Firth is just like, oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, well, that's just the best. That's the best version, hands down. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, but I was like, you know, I grew up, I grew up watching them and was like, I never thought I would be in one because, you know, period dramas don't have black people in them or def- definitely did not have black people in them when I was younger. Um, and, you know, essentially that is inaccurate because there were black people in the UK at the time and there was definitely you know it's not that we didn't just suddenly appear after Mm -hmm. slavery was finished you know there (laughs) we were around and you know and also there were you know links with slave colonies and people bring coming back over and lots of things like that and i mean nobody ever talks about that when they talk about mansfield park you know no one yeah totally and no one really i mean i think it's a whole thing with like people don't really talk about it in terms of england either because Mm -hmm. it was somewhere totally separate so we're allowed to completely i promise i will let you actually answer this question a second but there is a really great book on this if you haven't read it it's called black tutors it is fantastic okay it's about and it's about black people in elizabethan and you know, a bit prior England. It's so good. And it's just, it's fascinating. You know, like, like look at Othello. Like, the, Shakespeare hasn't, hasn't just plucked that out of thin air. Mm-hmm. You know, like, and his, the interactions that he has with, uh, you know, when he's uh, in front of the court at the beginning, when he's, uh, you know, like, they, they are interacting with him as a black man, mm-hmm. you know? It's not like they're like, oh, cool, well, we'll just get some a black actor to play this. It's like, that's not, you know so yeah that is that is something that has been frustrating me for some time uh and but yeah also in such a way that it me as an actor i have been like 
cool. I didn't, you know, think that that would ever be something that I could be able to explore. Um, and then, you know, we have Bridgerton, which is, was so brilliant. Um, and, you know, I kind of think it is sort of opening the doors for exploration of people of color in stories that are set in his like previous times of history um you know and I I really love that about Tom Jones you know it doesn't it doesn't pretend that that's just completely normal and it doesn't you know there are there are some some issues um I can't really tell you much more about it but um (laughs) you describe you you described it as you described it as a reimagining can you tell me what you mean like what what does that mean I have to confess I was an English major like twice over and I really don't like the book of Tom Jones. So yes, tell me, how is it being reinvented slash made better? Uh, well, <laughs> hopefully being made better. <laughs> uh, I'm excited for it, but I'm also like, oh, Tom Jones. Okay, I can do it. You can do it. I believe in you. Yeah, so do I. I believe in you. Um, so, um, in the last few minutes that we have, um, we are both huge Dr. Hughes stands. Like I, and, and I should make it very clear that Lacey is absolutely obsessed with Peter Capaldi. Like just okay. yes, so much. His hair is truly like a global treasure. His um, hair is pretty amazing. So, um, I'd love you to talk a little bit about what life's been like since you left the series, but also because we know next, we know that the 60th anniversary is coming. Would you return as bill if your schedule allowed and they asked for the 60th anniversary uh oh maybe i mean it would have to be it would have to be the right story um uh but yeah i mean you know i think russell t davies is is a genius like i mean i would and i love bill like and i love doctor who so uh why not um but yes what has what's life been like since i mean kind of just unrecognizable really um, i mean you know it's not it's not often as an actor that you sort of you know i mean not that i i wasn't working before i you know i had graduated from drama school like seven years before i got doctor who and had varying um success in the industry uh very you know done lots of plays above pubs been a waitress for quite a long time um and but before i got doctor who i'd you know done a few plays i was like yeah this is you know this is going this is going well i was in um a play called the curious incident of the dog in the nighttime which is oh, i love that show yeah it's amazing beautiful show so wonderful and delicate and cleverly designed and put together and you know I was like cool you know I'm doing the tech rehearsal for that and I was sitting on the stage of the Gilgood Theatre and I was like you know what if this is as good as it gets then I'm happy with this this is sick um and then obviously you know my next job was Doctor Who which is a global phenomenon um so I mean I don't think there's really anything that can prepare you for that because you know as an actor you never really you never really let yourself kind of go oh well cool what if I get a job that's literally shown in practically every single country in the world and has been loved for generations um you don't really you don't really let yourself think that do you because it's so the chances are so slim that you're like well it's cool I don't know I've definitely like 
thought about being on like stage at Hall H at Comic Con in San Diego and like how what a rush that must be. <laughs> yeah, in front of like seven thousand people. Yeah, it's fine. It's very normal. Yeah, just put my afro behind Matt Lucas's head so I can show people what he would look like with an afro. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you just you never think that that's going to happen, and you know, and I think the like the reception to Bill was so amazing, and I still get people coming up to me now and being like, she like changed my life and Aww. helped me to like come out, which is, I mean, just kind of unfathomably brilliant and so insane as well I mean you know that I like you never really you know sit down and think hey cool I'm gonna be part of someone's actual journey as a human being you know that's not it's not something that you you set out to to do and you know just but I mean it goes to show like you know the power of the show and like the the character which is just she was so well written when i when i met her <laughs> i was like you know i just feel like it was just such an honor to play her so yeah life's been all right since you know <laughs> <laughs> oh that just warmed my little hoovian heart so much um i don't know we have like two minutes left i think what else can we ask you about i know matt lucas on the bake-off now yeah on bake off now he's so lovely on are, are you watching bake off right now we have to uh, know well i mean not right now because i'm talking to you oh well no. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah i have been watching this series i think he's so lovely on it he's such a um he's such a lovely man so nice um and i think he's just um Every, he's so everyone funny. from that round of doctor who is just killing it right now like yeah i mean so true i think i don't know it's just it's a, it's a great show. Peter Capaldi's like releasing an album. <laughs> I don't even know what that is. Is he actually? Yeah, yeah, I read that. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what kind of album, but I'm just like, wow. oh my. Oh, that's so cool. <laughs> yeah, there was a whole thing about, you know, because his nephew's a pop star and they were all like, move on over. He's coming. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like, I mean, anyway. you know, we know he can do it. So, oh, that would be amazing. All right, let's let's end up, let's end on one fun more Bake Off question because I'm still stuck on that. Who is your favorite on the Bake Off currently? Oh, I haven't watched it that much to know what their name is. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> it's fine. Not everybody can spend all of their time thinking about whether Jurgen will win, like I do. So it's okay. Oh, oh, Jurgen's the um, he's really sweet. I like him. He do he's doing really well. I think I haven't watched it for a couple of weeks. I think, but I've um, who else do I like? Oh no, I really like him. He's cute. I love his eyebrows. <laughs> I want him to have like a travelogue show where he just like goes around and tells me things about food in other countries. I want more cozy TV in my life. Yeah, I feel like I, I mean, I love a food show just in general anyway. Like in Netflix, me and my girlfriend just watched so many food programs that like, have you seen The Great Barbecue Showdown? Oh my God, my husband, my husband won't watch The Great British Bake Off, but he watched that and he cried at the end. Like I was just like, see, this is what Bake Off does to me. Exactly. So my friend from LA recommended this to me and I was like, and he was like, seriously, like no word of a lie. I actually wept, like fully just wept. And and I was like, I was watching this and I was like, this is deep. You know, cause they're, all, they're so attached to it. And like, it's just, I mean, if you haven't seen it, I would recommend it. 
All right. That leaves me then, I guess. I, I love, I'm very into cozy TV right now. It's like, I think it's just the times that we live in. Yeah. Times and, and the weather as well. Yeah, so the where you are, but it's quite cold in Belfast. We're in the DC area and it got cold here like two days ago and I'm over it. Yeah. I feel like it's just, it's that, isn't it? It's just suddenly got cold and it's like, oh, okay, well, there we go. That's us for another <laughs> six months then, isn't it? Fine. Oh my gosh, Pearl, thank you so much for coming on the show to talk to us. This is truly like the funnest thing I've done in so long. <laughs> oh, I had a lovely time talking to you both. Thank you so much. Truly, truly one of the most fun things that we've done so far on the show. And uh, I hope we get to do it again sometime very soon. I hope you guys enjoyed listening to essentially what is a recording of a Zoom call, but a great conversation nevertheless. Um, Annie, I think that is our show for this week. So tell the people where they can find you on the airwaves. Uh, you can find me at Annie Bundle on Twitter. You can find me at Miss Annie Bundle on Facebook. You can find adorable pictures of my fuzzy cat who had to stay out of the room for this one. Sorry, guys. Um, on <laughs> At Annie Bundle on Instagram, where I will take lots of pictures and put them up as, you know, penance for what I had to do today. Um, yeah, let's see. I am a staff writer at Elite Daily. I'm also the associate editor here at Televisions. And I also freelance around the web. So, you know, if you uh, want to basically like find what I've written this week, just go to my Twitter and follow me because I retweet all of my bylines. Thanks. Dun, dun, dun. I am Lacey MB on Twitter. That is L-A-C-Y-M-B. And... I write a lot here at televisions, but also around the entertainment web. You can find out what I'm working on just by checking my Twitter, because I always tweet my bylines. Uh, if you just want the cat pictures, including recent photos of the cats at their grandma's house and in their Halloween costumes, they are at Baker and Hammer. A slight preview, Hammersmith hated literally everything about his Halloween costume, and you can tell that in the photos. Uh, the site and the pod are a product of WETA. And if you like what we do, visit us at televisions.org and click on that donate button up top to help us keep doing it. Support public media and get access to PBS Passport all at the same time. Um, whew. This was a fun week, guys. I enjoyed it. I hope you guys enjoyed it. I want to, you know, just roll around in my excitement from all of that. So I'm going to cut my normal blather here at the end short and just say, take care of yourselves. Take care of each other, get vaccinated, get a booster, wear a mask, all that good business. And we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening.